Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. How about a cold one on the patio during a nice spring day? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is NFL Draft Day. That's right. Adnan Verk and Michael Lombardi coming to you for the GM Shuffle. The draft taking place tonight. Cannot wait for all the action. And that's why we waited, not till the last minute, but wanted to wait till the day of because there's so much you know, late-breaking news, so to speak, and we can separate fact from fiction. So let's kick it off with this, Mike. Carolina Panthers, this is actually true. This happened yesterday. They traded quarterback Teddy Bridgewater of the Denver Broncos in exchange for a six-round draft pick. The Panthers will pay $7 million to Bridgewater. The Broncos will pay him just $3 million. So as soon as the Panthers got Sam Darnold, they go, okay, what about Teddy? Well, now we know what happens to Teddy. He gets a second chance now with Denver. Uh, You said on Twitter, Broncos could still take a quarterback in the draft. Teddy starts for one year. Locke is number two, and the pick is redshirted. Makes for a good quarterback room. Your thoughts on Teddy? Well, I think this was a trade that was supposed to go down, you know, at the end of March. It was... Uh, it was talked about. Even I think there was other players involved in the trade at that time. And finally, uh, Denver backed out their last time. Denver was like, okay, we're out. And I think a lot of that had to do with they didn't want to give up on Drew Locke yet. And I think as long as George Payton's been in the building, I think they're kind of getting to the point where they are finally you know, tired of maybe they need to get some resources in there. And the Bridgewater thing makes a ton of sense in this way, right? So Peyton was in Minnesota when they drafted him, so he knows him really well. Shermer was in Minnesota when when he was there, even though he was injured. He knows him really well, so they know what they're going to get. They know they're getting a guy that could come in and run their offense. And look, AD, they've got really good weapons offensively. I mean, they've got a tight end. They've got receivers. They've got a running back. Their offensive line is much better, as much fun as I've made at Garrett Bowles over the years for holding. Mike Munchak's done a great job of coaching him and making him a better player. So, like, this team is ready to play and ready to, ready to have an effective offense. Is Teddy great? No. No, by no means. But I also think it keeps them in position to to decide at nine what do they want to do. Now, I was told yesterday that they like fields. Do I think they'll pick fields? I don't know that. I think they like fields. I think they like Lance. Would they pick both, either one of those guys? I don't know. But the one thing it allows you to do is it allows you to have Teddy to be the starter and then this young player can be the backup, and then they can make a decision on lock at some point. I mean, one thing when you have a first-round quarterback and a second-round quarterback in the room, you're really not paying much money. So even if you decide at the end of uh, August you want to cut lock or you want to trade lock to another team, that's a great asset. So I think people get too hung up in their depth charts. You know, they get way too hung up on 
on like what 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 they have currently as opposed to what that's going to look like in 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 August when it really matters the most. So I think it's a good trade for both teams. Look, I, I think the reality for for when you look at this from a from a standpoint of of Carolina, they might have lost you know given up the. All they get is a six back. They pay so much money, but they wanted more picks in the draft, which they need, and it allows them to get Teddy out of the way so they can play with with Darnold. Yeah, and the thing about Bridgewater is you look at his career and say, okay, this guy certainly has shown flashes of talent. Then obviously injury issues, hasn't gotten back to being the same guy, but still more than serviceable. I mean, he threw for 3,700 yards last year, 15 touchdowns, 11 picks. The question is, and this is one stat which really stands out, he had only one touchdown pass in the fourth quarter all season. He was 0 for 8 in games in which the Panthers had a chance to win or tie on their last possession. You can't put that all on one guy. As you said, he's got more weapons. At least it makes things more challenging in Carolina. Another voice in the room. Speaking of the Panthers, though, if the draft board breaks right, the Patriots could make a move into the top 10. This, according to Sports Illustrated's Albert Breer, Pats and Panthers have done some groundwork on a deal involving Carolina's number eight pick. So NFL Network's Tom Pellicero reporting that New England are making calls about moving up with the possibility of taking Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields if he slides. Well, I mean, this is one of the great, great uh, narratives that have gone on. I'm not sure how, how it's just, it's just the steamroller effect of the draft, right? You know, the Patriots are trying to get to eight. The Patriots want Justin Fields. You know, I, I would say this, by this time tomorrow, when we do the pod tomorrow, I don't think Justin Fields will be a Patriot. You know, now maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't know a goddamn thing. But these things are just out of control. It's one of the great, great smoke screens I've ever seen of all time. And you got everybody buying it. I mean, you got everybody from, you know, uh, the worldwide leader, everybody just, it just piles on one after the other, after the other. And there's no fact to it. I mean, there was seriously, who's talked to Belichick? Who's talked to Belichick to find this as fact? You know? And so you put it out there, Fields, okay, we'll see. I'll place a bet that maybe it won't happen and see who wins. This guy doesn't seem to be the answer. He was certainly inconsistent from a season ago. They have to upgrade. I think that's why there's so much speculation around it. So why were you, why, let me put it this way. Why are you pessimistic or cynical that it'll happen? Well, I mean, because I watch Fields play and I watch the Patriots offense and I don't think those two things go hand in hand. I think that if you watch Fields' mechanics, and nobody wants to hear this because any people only look at the completed passes. They don't look at the quarterback's mechanics. He's a long strider in the pocket. He's got a really long delivery. The ball's going to be very difficult to control for him. It's typically not something that they like. They like a more mechanically sound player. I'm not suggesting they're not going to take a quarterback. I'm not suggesting that. What I am suggesting, it's got to be the right fit. You know, I wrote an article today for the Daily Coach uh, and I encourage everybody to to go there, sign up for the Daily Coach. But this one was about Bill Walsh and the art of elimination. Most people really get so confused with the draft. They, it's about finding players, finding players. It's really about eliminating players. And so there's certain criteria that has to be eliminated. And I think that that's what happens more so at the quarterback position, particularly inside that building of what they really want. But I, I do think they're going to address their quarterback. Here's the Here's the elephant in the room. Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo wants to go back to New England. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Why wouldn't he want to go back to New England? He loves Josh McDaniels. He loves the Patriots. He loves all those guys on the team. They love him. 
The problem is the salary. They're going to have to do something with the salary to fix that problem. San Francisco thinks they're they're in control of the trade. They're asking for ridiculous, uh, you know, a second round pick for Garoppolo. They're not going to get that from anybody. I mean, Garoppolo, we're going to trade you to Houston. Garoppolo says, no, no, I have a no trade clause. I'm not going to Houston. They say to Garoppolo, we're going to trade you to Denver. Nope, I don't want to go to Denver. Well, where do you want to go? I want to go to New England. That makes it really, really challenging to be asking for top dollar. And the 49ers can bluff all they want. We're going to carry Jimmy. We don't care. We'll carry him. Yeah, right. Okay, good. You carry him. That, that, that's not going to happen. The, the dam will break because you're, gonna, you're not going to want to pay this guy to be a backup to Mac Jones. See, the whole Mac Jones thing was simply this. I think the reason they talked about keeping Jimmy originally was A, to up his value, and B, because they weren't sure what kind of offseason we were going to have in the NFL. Were we going to have a offseason where we could bring players in? Were we going to be no offseason at all like we had last year? And now that a lot of us have gotten the shot and we've gotten, you know, and, and we're making progress. I mean, today, Mayor DeBasio said that uh, New York City is going to open up July 1st. That's awful. That's awesome, right? So, so you know, we, we're, we're getting back to normal. You know, we're going to have fans in the stands this year. I think there's no doubt about that. We're going to, it's all going to be back to normal. People have to get vaccinated, but it's going to get back to normal. So, the normalcy of the offseason then allows you to say, okay, we draft Mac Jones tonight. He's going to come in here tomorrow, and we're going to start working and getting him ready to be the starting quarterback because he's smart enough to handle it. Will he make mistakes? Of course, but we're going to grow with him. But we're not going to not let. We're not going to just do this half ass. So they have really no options. So you got Jimmy Garoppolo out there. Do you trade up and trade assets to go get a just to get a player, or do you just let the draft fix your team? Figure you'll get to Jimmy eventually because eventually Jimmy's going to become a free agent. He's going to be on your team. I mean, that's the conversation you're having with the 49ers. You're basically saying to the 49ers, hey, look, you can be assholes. You can tell us you don't want to trade them to us. You can ask for a first round pick. You can ask for a second round pick. Here's what I do know. Next year, he'll be on my team. Next year, he's going to be on my team. If you want to cut him, he's going to be on my team. Do you want a draft pick? Because he's going to be on my team next year because that's where the kid wants to play. You got a lot of leverage. It's a great point. Ultimately, you go, we're not going to, we're going to stand pat here. We'll get our guy eventually. And hey, if this season, our quarterbacking isn't strong once again, fine. We've got Cam. Like you said, maybe you get someone in the draft. Eventually, Garoppolo will wind his way to New England. Speaking of quarterbacks, Las Vegas did, quote, extensive work on the top quarterbacks in the 2021 NFL draft class. That's according to NFL Network Insider, Ian Rappaport. They're at number 17 in the draft. So they're not going to get, you know, Lawrence, Wilson, Fields, Lance, Jones, but... They'll be ready if one does. General Manager uh, Mike Mayock was a staple at quarterback pro days. What does this mean now for Derek Carr? He was selected in the second round 2014 NFL draft. There's uncertainty about him ever since Gruden took over. So this is the old make me smarter, Mike. Why should the Raiders draft a quarterback? As we've talked about, they've got other issues. So why would they look at a QB? All right, here's the reality. Okay, and I, and I think this is really smart, really smart on the Raiders' part. I think this is a smart thing that they could do, and I would really go full bore on it. So let's separate Let's separate the first part. The first part is Carr, okay? Let's just say they like Carr. Okay, they do like Carr. They owe Carr basically $38 million for the next two years. Okay, let's, say, let's call it $40 million over two. So he'll be 31 at the end of that contract. Now, what are you going to pay Carr? And Raider fans, you need to ask yourself this question. Are you willing to pay Carr $35 million? 
Are you willing to pay Carr $40 million? Or will you willing to pay Carr $38 million? What are you willing to pay Carr for the next four years? Let's say you want to pay him $38 million, okay? Are you willing to tie up $38 million for four years with 70% of it guaranteed? The answer to that question is no. That, the answer to that question is no, okay? You don't want to do that. Nobody, I don't think anybody feels like they want to just tilt their cap towards Carr. Carr's a good player. And and he has every right to want to try to ask for that money because we've seen other players get it. We see Dak Prescott get it, right? They're not going to franchise him. That's too expensive. So what's the alternative? The alternative is to be proactive. So why not? You have Carr for one more year at 20 million. Say you're at 17 and you can get to Carolina at eight. And you like Trey Lance because there's rumors that that Gruden likes Trey Lance. Now, let's be real clear here. We, we've seen Gruden at quarterback school. Gruden is the Will Rogers of scouting. He loves every quarterback until he gets them. Then he hates them. But if he likes Lance and Mayock likes Lance and they feel like Lance could be a guy a year away from now that he could really develop into the Patrick Mahomes type of player that they really want, that could challenge Herbert, could challenge Mahomes, could challenge whoever Denver drafts. Now they're now they've closed the gap. Now they've closed the gap, right? So why not take one? I think they have to take one. I think if the, if quarterback isn't a need on their on their on their list of, of things, then I think it's wrong. I think it's completely wrong. I, I think you can't you can't underestimate thinking ahead because if you wait till next year and cars at two, at, at, at uh, 31 years old, and he's only got one year left on his contract. How do you really get that done? Now, you're really just hoping. Draft a guy you want this year, because the problem this year for the Raiders is there's really not a lot of good defensive players to draft when it comes time to pick. Would you rather pick another offensive lineman? They need that. Don't get me wrong. Or would you rather Would you rather get the quarterback that you think you could build a team around and redshirt him for the year, let Carr, trade Carr next year when he has one year left on his deal, you could trade Carr, then let that team deal with what they want to do with them moving forward. What's interesting is that the quarterbacks that could be available, these are the guys that could fall the Raiders at 17. Kellen Mond out of Texas A&M, Kyle Trask, Florida, Davis Mills, Stanford, Jamie Newman, Wake Forest, and Felipe Franks from Arkansas. So you're not going to get the so-called blue chip guys, but maybe one of those guys ends up being a blue chipper. And as you said, if they've really scouted this intensely, you know, it doesn't have to be Trey Lance falling to them or them trading up to get him. They could get one of those five guys if they believe that they could be the quarterback of the future, Mond, Trask, or someone like that. Well, they have an extra pick. So they got the 79th pick from Arizona. They also have the 80th pick, their own pick, right? They have an f- extra fourth round pick too that they got. Well, it's not really an extra fourth round pick. They have a, they have a fourth round pick. So they could easily AD. They're not, there's no way all those names you just mentioned, there's no way any of those guys are, are worthy of the 17th pick. So they're not going to go there. That's like those guys are going to go somewhere between 50 and and a hundred, let's say, right? Felipe Franks, great looking kid that can't play quarterback. You know, Davis Mills, some people have a medical on him, although he's a really good, interesting prospect. But, you know, Trask, medical, that's a concern. Kellen Mond, I'm not as high on. I don't think he fits for really the kind of player. He's not a rhythm thrower like Gruden wants. So for me, the only guy in that group that that I could see him liking would be Trask because, you know, Mayock is really tight with Dan Mullen. And so they really would have a great conversation. They would know the guy really well. But I think this, I, I think that they know they need, they, you need to trade up. 
if they can get to eight or if they can get to nine or if they can get to 10, if they can get somewhere and one of these quarterbacks are going to slip, they're all not going to go in the top 10. I mean, I heard somebody say yesterday, all five quarterbacks will be gone by 10. I mean, seriously, let me go bet that. Let me go bet that odd. Let me go bet that odd. You know, that ain't going to happen. So if you're in striking distance and, it, and you could trade basically Rodney Hudson to move up, because that's what you got for Rodney Hudson. You got that third round pick. If you could trade him to move up to get the quarterback of your future, why wouldn't you do it? Even if you had to give up, a, even if you did what, what Kansas City did. If you're right with the quarterback, if you're right, if you sit there and say, look, Trey Lance is my guy. I think Trey Lance is going to be a star. He's going to be as better than Patrick Mahomes, if not. Then give up whatever it takes to get him. Because you got your quarterback of the future for five years on a cheap deal. For five years on a cheap deal. You can build your team around them. Now we can go fix our defense. To me, it's the smartest play of all. It's called team building. It's called it's called being ability to see into the future. Oh fuck! It's the greatness of the organization. <laughs> it's our ability to see into the future. <laughs> it's it's planning ahead, and as you said, you're doing it because obviously fiscal responsibilities are so important, and that does stick out. We said about Carr. If he's making thirty plus million, you go hang in a second. This doesn't really feel like the kind of value I'm getting on this investment. You you mentioned the fact you will bet that. Five quarterbacks go in the top 10. That seems too outlandish. Well, last thought here, and then we'll take a quick break. The Falcons are expected to take Florida tight end Kyle Pitts. So there was focus on, hey, are they going to take a quarterback there at number four, whether it's Justin Fields, if Mac Jones goes number three to the 49ers. But the way it stands now, at least the latest rumors, the Falcons drafting Pitts. That makes sense to you, Mike? And by the way, this does go in with the idea we talked about maybe trading Julio Jones. Obviously, a tight end like Pitts, he can come in and try to help out Matt Ryan more than others, perhaps. No doubt. I mean, look, if they trade if they trade Julio, they still need a weapon. When I do the team needs board, like I don't have a need for Atlanta at tight end. I mean, they just don't. I don't have it. But, you know, it's, it's the value of there. If they don't want the quarterback, you know, then they're going to get a second tight end. And I think that with Arthur Smith running the offense, I'm sure they could utilize his skill set. Plus, he's a matchup nightmare. You know, he's a matchup nightmare for them. And they get 12 personnel with Hayden Hurst and really create some problems and basically be a 12 team with Ridley on the outside. Those some weapons. Here's the reality. Atlanta's got three number ones in their offensive line and, and a number two. And yet their offensive line, Matt Ryan's been sacked over 120 times the last three seasons. So you're like, like they're not really playing as well as you hope to. But I think ultimately you, they can't pass Pitts up. I think Pitts will be. I love that prop, Pitts five and a half and under. I love that prop. After the break, Jim Shuffle wants to win you some money. Mike breaks down the five best prop bets to make for this year's NFL draft. Do not go anywhere. All right, anytime you're on the golf course, you always hear the phrase, hit it long and hit it straight. Well, as somebody who's a novice to the game of golf, a new person, I wanted to make sure I had the best equipment possible. So, as a novice golfer, I went and hit up our friends over at PXG because they have an all-new driver called the Black Ops. I mean, my man Chris over in Henderson has hooked me up with a phenomenal driver that's built to my game. My new game that doesn't really do much of anything on the course, but it has what I need in terms of the club head speed and the kind of grip that I need to go out there and be the best to my ability. I mean, this is music to ears to any golfer, whether you're a novice like myself or if you've been playing the game for decades. The PXG Black Ops driver is a breakthrough in driver technology. It's a complete and total victory in golf club engineering unlike anything you've ever seen before. Black Op drivers are adjustable to deliver a combined MOI of 10,000 plus for unreal forgiveness. That's just ridiculously high. So what you got to do 
Go check out the PXG Black Ops Driver. You'll be as impressed with it as I am. Learn more and get free shipping on all equipment at pxg.com slash gmshuffle and use code gmshuffle at checkout. That's pxg.com slash gmshuffle, code gmshuffle for free shipping on all equipment, pxg.com slash gmshuffle, code gmshuffle. So on Monday's episode, Mike and I look back at some of the best prop bets for the 2021 NFL Draft taking place tonight, 8 o'clock Eastern. So now, the top five picks to make you money. Okay, think how simple this is. Mike's just trying to make you some money, just follow the advice. So, prop bets from Monday. We'll recap them here. How about the first three picks overall? Trevor Lawrence at minus 1,000. Zach Wilson at plus 2,000. Justin Fields plus 3,000. Panay Sewell plus 5,000. I mean, I don't like any of those. Like for me, what I've been saying on the Lombardi line for two weeks is it's either going to be Mac Jones or Lance, right? So when even when Justin Fields' numbers went skyrocketing up in terms of after his workout, to me, the smart play was to take those two quarterbacks and figure you're going to get one. Now it's too late. Now you're too late to the dance. I mean, I think Trey Lance over six and a half is a good prop. I don't think he's going to go anywhere. If he's not going to go four, he's not going to go five, he's not going six. So I like that to go over six and a half. Total quarterbacks drafted in the first round. I think the under at five and a half is the right play. The other thing I like is I really like, and I think I'm going on the limb here, I like Sewell the tackle, Penny Sewell the tackle. I like him to be under six and a half. Because I truly think when push comes to shove, I think the Bengals are going to take the tackle. I, I mean, we make fun of the Bengals. We think that, you know, they don't know what they're doing. But I truly believe that that's, what's, that's what they're going to definitely do. So I like that. That one I like. The first linebacker picked, you know, is Makai Parsons at minus 425. I think you want to stay away from some of those props. I think what you like to do is just take props that you really feel like you have a chance to make money on. So, when you look at this, like there's a lot of good offensive linemen in this draft that I think will go later. Over six and a half is plus 100. Under is minus 130. You know, that that's, that's pretty well set perfectly. Penny Sewell's number just just dropped. His, his, his odds, AD, went from over five and a half is minus 90. Under five and a half is plus 155. I would take the under five and a half. I think he goes to Cincinnati. I take a, I take a flyer. I don't know that for a fact. I just have a good feel about that. So that's, that's the ones I would take. Total, and I said total quarterbacks in the first round. Those are the things I like the most. All right, so as you said, we look at the quarterbacks, you look at Sewell, the Bengals, they'll resist the temptation to draft a receiver to link up with Burrow. They'll actually draft the guy they should get in Sewell and protect Burrow's blind side. How about the defensive side? Total defensive players drafted in round one, over 13 and a half is minus 120, under 13 and a half is minus 110. Well, I think this is a really hard draft for defensive players. I think I'd go under on defensive players. I think, you know, look, there's going to be 32 guys picked in the first round. Here's a shocker. It's going to be 32 guys picked in the first round. There's going to be guys picked in the first round that we didn't think were going to go in the first round because we deal with the same names constantly. I mean, it's one of the fallacies of these mock drafts. So if a guy calls you up on the phone, say some reporter calls you on the phone and says, hey, can you help me with my mock? Yeah, sure, I'll help you. You're my buddy. I'll help you. Okay, let's go through it. And basically, all you do is get your computer or you look at somebody else's mock draft and you just keep repeating the same names over and over and over again because you never want to give out a name of a guy you like. Like, there's never, you never want to give out a name of a guy you like. I, I'll give you another prop. I like Davis Mills under 65. I think it's at 61. I would bet him under. Because I think he's going to go probably at the top of the second, assuming people passed him on his physical. I think he could be the sixth quarterback picked. 
I think a lot of people like him in the league. I think when you hear David Shaw talk about him on the podcast on NFL Network, you'll understand it. I mean, David Shaw is high on this player as anybody. So, and I don't think he's selling him because he's that's his player. I think he truly believes this. So, you know, but Davis Mills is a name we didn't hear for a long time. Those are the names that you have to really be careful of. Like a lot, like the Moore kid from Mississippi, he's locked to go in the first round. Right, he's a lock to go in the first round, and he was a name we barely have heard for quite a quite a while. That's another prop I like. Ad, I like the I like quarterback. I like wide receivers over four and a half. Love that one. That's another one I like. Defense. I just don't think there's enough defensive players, and I don't think people are going to force them. So I think there's going to be more offensive players taken. That's why I like to go under on the defense. Nice. And the one I like for tight ends because we just talked that the Falcons could take Pitts. Kyle Pitts. Uh, from the Gators, draft position over five and a half, plus 100, under five and a half, minus 130. He goes forward to Atlanta. You take the under five and a half at minus 130. We'll see what transpires tonight at eight o'clock east from the draft. We'll come back and wrap things up. Antonio Brown returning to the Bucks, and Miami trades Eric Flowers to Washington. That's next. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. I mean, the second round of the playoffs have been absolutely phenomenal, and if you really like a team, you can bet on them for the futures markets, maybe some conference finals MVPs as the conference finals approach, or how about NBA finals MVP? And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SHUFFLE. That's code SHUFFLE for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, see dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Well, wide receiver Antonio Brown re-signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a one-year contract, could be worth up to six and a quarter million dollars. He's guaranteed 3.1, includes a $2 million signing bonus. This was a guy who clearly Tom Brady believed in Mike, uh, a checkered past, obviously issues off the field, but nobody can deny that he works hard on the field and has always been an effective receiver. 32 years old, he led the Bucs in receiving targets over the final five weeks of the regular season, did not record a drop, produced the highest yards after the catch of any Bucs receiver with 5.82. So they're clearly looking at continuity here in the Bucs. They're going to bring back all 22 Super Bowl starters, their top 16 snap count leaders on offense, top 21 snap count leaders on defense, all coordinators. What do you make of that continuity for Tampa Bay? You know, all that continuity is great, but the guy that stirs the drink, Mr. Brady, he's going to be the guy that is essentially going to not let anybody rest on their morals. He's going to be like no one. You know, I wrote this for the Daily Coach about Steph Curry, about how Steph Curry really feels like. it's Steph Curry's a fascinating story when you go and study his background. Wasn't even recruited out of high school. Roy Williams said, you know, 
I didn't even know who the kid was. And the first time I saw him, I thought he was little. Like, And all the kid wanted to do was play in the ACC. But the moral of the story is Steph Curry is an overachiever. He thinks if he doesn't work his ass off every single day, I'm not talking about like when he was young. I'm talking about today. If he doesn't go in the gym and work his ass off every day, he thinks he's going to lose his game. That's Brady. That's Brady. And that's what makes these continuity come back because Brady's going to be driving them to be the best that they can be. He's going to drive them and drive them and drive. There'll be no letdown. And I think the continuity is great, but the driving force of Brady is going to be unbelievable. Look, I mean, do you remember how much fun they made of us? I mean, the worldwide leader couldn't wait to tell us that they were never signing Antonio Brown. Remember that last year when we reported on the Daily Coach? That's why I was making fun of it. Well, it was all about Bruce Arians, right? Bruce Arians was saying Brown was not a fit and blah, blah, blah. And that was a big issue. And then Bruce Arians goes, after all the injuries, he met with Brown in October because, you know what? He's matured. We're good. Yeah. And, and, and meanwhile, you know, the worldwide leader couldn't wait to stick it up my ass and say they're not going to sign him, right? You know, they couldn't wait to do that. They have no interest in Antonio Brown. And now when they're all healthy, they still have an interest in Antonio Brown. Like that's the whole point. Like Brady wanted Antonio Brown. That was the point of my story. Like I didn't just invent that. Like I just don't throw stuff out there and hope I get clicks. Like that's what cracks me up. Like I, I'm not, I'm not in, I'm not breaking news. I know a lot more than I ever say on the, on the pod or on VEASAN or any of that. But when I say like there, there was definite interest in that. And there's always going to be like, don't take a shot at you. Like, like, like you, you know, it's funny. Someone said to me the other day, you know, your, your job is to report the news, not make the news. And that's what really is, is like, that was the news. So anyway, I, I think the bucks will be, they'll still be a hard out and look, let's face it. The saints aren't going to be nearly as good as they were last year. Can Carolina close the gap? We'll see. Can Atlanta close the gap? We'll see. I mean, the Bucs are probably the, the easy team in that division to win 12, 13 games because I don't see the competition as hard as it was last year within their own division. It felt unlikely at the start of last season the Bucs would win a Super Bowl. You and I both said, okay, over, under, nine and a half, maybe a 10-win team. Now that they win a Super Bowl, it actually feels more likely they'll repeat than winning that first Super Bowl. One more topic, and we'll call it a day. Dolphins agreeing in terms of trade starting left guard Eric Flowers the Washington football team, a swap of late-round NFL picks. Dolphins received the first of Washington's two seventh-round picks, with Miami sending the second of its two seventh-round picks to Washington. A return to D.C. for Flowers revived his career there in 2019. He moved from offensive tackle to guard. Uh, what's your reaction to this one, Mike? Makes sense for Miami and for Washington? I mean, Miami has had one of the worst off-seasons I mean, uh, let's just, let's put things in perspective here. I mean, Miami's off-season program last year, you know, they signed Shaq Lawson. I think over the cap, I think he tweeted this out, that he does a great job on, on the cap numbers. But, you know, when I, when I look at, when I look at the over the cap, I, I go to over the cap to kind of look and see what people are doing. And I'm telling you, Miami's off-season last year, everybody talks about how great they were and what they've done, but they're really disappointing. I mean, Eric Flowers, dead money of $6 million. They signed him. Kyle Van Noy, dead money of $4.1 million. They signed him. Shaq Lawson, dead money of two point six. They traded him. I mean, these, and then, you know, Byron Jones, they would get rid of Byron Jones if they could. He played horribly last year, but yet they can't afford to get rid of him because his cap number would be, it would cost them $28 million to get rid of him, and they would still lose $12 million if they, if they did if they did it post-June 1. So it's impossible. I mean, he's got base salary of $14 million coming to him this year, and his cap number is $16 million, and it's guaranteed. So, I mean, they're, they did not have a great offseason last year. And then let's add the layer. No, we're not allowed to say a bad word, but Tua. I mean, their 2020 offseason is going to come down to how good Tua is. It's really what it's going to come down to. 
And you got to think that they haven't had that. And when you add the fact that they're poor owner, think about Stephen Ross's last year. He spent all this money on players. And then COVID comes in and Hudson Yards in New York City is where all the businesses and all the office. I mean, he's got to be drowning in debt, right? Think about it, AD. I mean, you wonder why they didn't spend any money this offseason? In terms of free agency, in terms of going after players, yeah, they signed Will Fuller, you know, but they really didn't put too much money into Will Fuller. They traded for McKinney. I mean, they really didn't do too much in this offseason program. And look, they've got they've got needs across the board. They still need a receiver. I think they'll get Chase at the sixth pick or they'll get Sewell. But to me, I think the key to everything they do in Miami, everything they do in Miami is going to come down to how good Tua plays. If he doesn't play nearly as good as they think, that, that offseason that they had in 2020 is going to go down as one of the worst. Better be brilliant rather than brittle because that's been the story so far for Tua. GM Shuffle is back tomorrow and Monday to recap each round of the NFL Draft. So tomorrow we've got the round one recap and Monday's episode rounds two through seven. As always, follow Mike's tweets tonight. The draft starts at eight. He's going to be locked in. M. Lombardi NFL. It's going to be fun tonight. There's always a couple of surprises, always a few things we don't see happening. It's a great day. Enjoy the NFL Draft. We'll talk to you tomorrow.